Ethan Nash, of course, as always, uh, from TOTT News. Ethan, how are you going, brother? Good, General. Good to be here, mate. Uh, look forward to a big season finale. Four seasons, if you can believe it. We're already powered through four seasons since yeah. we began uh, back in late 2018, I believe it was, or 19, whenever it was. But, uh, yeah, lots of uh, interesting things, and it's going to be a big episode today. I look forward to... Uh, sort of edging out the rest of our discussion. Yeah, big time, big time. We're looking forward to this one. We only got um, a little bit of time with him, uh, with our guest uh, that we had on uh, in episode 20, but he's back with us. I'll bring him into the conversation real shortly, but Andy's also uh, here with us uh, for the for the chat. Andy, how you going, man? Thanks for uh, jumping on. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, General. Yeah, I'm going really, really good. Episode 24. Who? Insane, hey? believe it. Yeah, I know. Four seasons in, 24 episodes a season, and we are powering through. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Great to be here. Mm, it's awesome. We've done over 150,000 downloads, too, on uh, just on the Podbean stats alone, boys, so that's pretty good for us, man. Going well. Um, haven't got, they haven't sent me my new badge yet. I don't know if you get a badge for that one, but uh, <laughs> maybe it's only 100,000 and 50,000. Uh, I'll write them a, I'll write them a, a review. <laughs> Smash them for it. But anyway... Um, Let's bring in our guest for this episode. We've, Like I said, uh, we had him here on episode 20. Jim Lee joins us all the way from South Carolina, uh, towing in with him a massive migraine. So bear with us. Um, we're so thankful that you're actually able to uh, to jump on, man. Uh, for the members who are going to be watching the live, uh, not the live stream, but the video version of this, if you see Jim put on a pair of sunnies halfway through for some weird reason... It's because he has a migraine. He's got lights shining on him to make him look as beautiful as he does. Jim, how you going, man? I'm doing well. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, brother. I really do appreciate it, mate. Uh, we've had this booked in for a while, and it just happened to be one of those days where you wake up and you get a freaking migraine. Oh, it started 3 o'clock this morning. Um, could get back to sleep. Took some ibuprofen. Finally fell asleep. Woke up 8 o'clock and just... It, started in the back of my neck worked its way to the eyeballs and mm. um i literally canceled and then five minutes later uncanceled because a promise is a promise man <laughs> and, and i love you guys all right it's bad we're really honestly we really do appreciate it man it's great it, if at any time it gets too much for you and you need to jump off and you just got to hit the hay or put your head down for us man just let us know we'll power through for the rest of the episode but um bro this i'm passionate about this topic um 
anything short of missing a limb, I'd be here for this. Awesome. That's so good to hear, mate. Well, I mean, the last time you had to... You know, speed, you got, you've almost got police chasing you and you made it in for that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're, you're a man of your word, man. We love it. Thank you so much. Well, you're only as good as your word. So <laughs> that and your, you know, uh, reputation in uh, China are easily broken, never well mended. Yeah. Spot on, mate. All right. Well, mate, um, last time we covered. Um, we did cover a fair bit of ground. We only had about 45-odd minutes with you last time we had you on the show. Um, and we were sort of all over the place, but we were just kind of really whetting the appetite of, uh, of the listeners to, I guess, give them a little inkling into the inside of the, the mountains of information and the work that you've done on your, on your websites. Um, just remind the folks what those are if they want to have a jump on and have a listen and have a look while they're um, listening. Um, the simplest way to get to all my things is to go to connect dot climate viewer that's all one word climate viewer.com connect dot climate viewer.com it's got links to my blog at climate viewer.com my maps at climate viewer.org my timeline at weather modification history.com and links to my youtube bitchy rumble odyssey and all those other things i'm at climate viewer on most things including youtube um, but yeah everything's on connect dot climate viewer.com Awesome, and I'll put a link for that in the show notes as well for anyone who wants to uh, jump on and check it all out. We've, you've already passed through a bunch of links to us as well. Um, I've also got, I put it out there to my uh, Telegram followers um, if they had any questions they wanted to ask you, so we'll we'll go through those a little bit later as well. There's the link okay. there for Climate Viewer, so uh, we'll get through as much as we can. But I remember that you sort of left us off, right, because obviously our, our main interest in this, and, and of course climate changes uh on a global scale we're aware of it we know it's happening we're interested in all that sort of stuff but of course being of course down here in australia we we do have a special interest in trying to work out just exactly what's happening to us down here and the the fuckery that's going on with them modifying the weather you know um all that sort of shit and that's that's i guess the we're going to try and steer a little bit more of the focus of tonight's conversation and we can cover anything of course, but uh, we always want to try and bring it back to what's happening down here in Australia. And let me just pose this for you, right? I think we did mention okay. previously that um, we sort of have a belief, us, us three fellows here, that, and not, not just us, of course, but many of the listeners as well, but there's, there's a, uh, an organization called CLARA, which is Consolidated Land and Rail Australia, right? That's the name of their, it's clara.com.au. And basically, they're, they're sort of spearheading designing and creating smart cities along the eastern seaboard of Australia and then down into Melbourne, all the way to Melbourne. So they're coming from sort of Brisbane, where I am, down the east coast, through Sydney, around Canberra, down further, into the, then inland towards Melbourne and Victoria there. Now, do you remember the bushfires that we had in Australia? Everyone would have remembered that because it made the news everywhere. Bushfires, bushfires, yeah. all about the bushfires yeah. in like 2020 or 2021 or whatever it was. I think it was 2020. Is that right, Ethan, or was it not 2019? I fucking can't remember now. I think it was 2020, January 2020, something like that. Anyway, um, yeah, so that was a big deal. Made the world news, all that sort of shit. And then we started to look at, well, where are these bushfires and what's going on? How did these bushfires happen? We were looking into that. We've done shows about and articles and stuff. And they just so happen to have been along these areas where they're planning these smart cities, right? Then fast forward to the floods that we've had in the last 12 months. They're... 
also in the same exact same spots where we suspect that they're planning these smart cities. And I just looked up today because it's been in the news a bit and I was a bit ignorant. I didn't know too much about it. But uh, so I asked my listeners and uh, some of the followers, I said, well, apparently it's flooding in, in and around Victoria and in, in northern Victoria. I'm like, that's, that's a bit strange. I wonder what's going on there. And of course, I jump on the Clara website and have a look. And one of the smart cities that they're planning is also right there where the flooding is as well. So we had this suspicion and it's our, um, I guess, our conspiracy theory that they they plan to, if they can't burn them out, then they're going to try and flood these people out, uh, make the land uninsurable to anyone who wants to try and build back there, which they've done. They've they basically, insurance companies in Australia have told them, you can't build in these places. We will not insure you. If you want to build, you're on your own. You know, all that sort of shit's going on. It's a lot of weirdness. The government doesn't want to doesn't want to put in money to help these people. It's you know they they drag their feet. The army comes in and offers very little help. It's just all you know just for show for the cameras. We've got footage of that as well. That the army pretending to do work when there's people struggling. All this sort of shit. It's a lot of fuckery going on. And we suspect that the plan is to buy up all this land for pennies on the dollar, and then bang, they've got their smart city agenda in place, ready to go for the next however many years in the future. Right now. We, we want to know, is it possible, or we could, I guess the inkling is that it's, it's, it's doable to create weather systems or to drive weather systems to, I guess, flood particular areas or, or close enough to these areas where they want to do this damage. And I wanted to kind of pick your brain. Is if, if that something that um, you think is possible? Can they steer these weather systems? Can they create these weather systems? Can they make them dump more rain than normal? All this sort of shit. What's, what's your thoughts on that, mate? Well, if you take it from the horse's mouth, um, the answer is sure, certainly. Um, an example in Abu Dhabi, there is there's two or there's actually three comp, country um, companies. One of which is Climate Control Global Trading LLC, and the other one is Weather Generator, and that's at WeatherGenerator.net, and they on their website advertise as a service the ability to control atmospheric rivers to steer large water bodies in the sky using ground-based emitters or microwave sonic they don't really want to give away their technology uh, but they are very clear that you know for the right amount of money we can steer entire weather systems to a particular area and do cloud seeding on those, you know, on those weather systems. So in order for cloud seeding to work, for those who've never, you know, heard of cloud seeding or don't understand what it is, a cloud seed is a little speck of dust. A cloud is made up of dust with water vapor stuck to it. If the water vapor condenses enough and it gets thicker, it gets too heavy and it falls. That's rain precipitation. Mm-hmm. So what is a cloud seed? Well, it's typically made of any, anywhere from nanometer to micron-sized particles. They could be um, earth metals. They can be dust. Um, they can be mold, bacteria, even viruses. Um, there are many different forms of cloud seeds, but when we're talking about weather modification, the cloud seed of choice is silver iodide. Mm. If you're talking about jet aircraft, um, the cloud seed that makes those cirrus clouds is carbon black dust or soot. 
and that soot is loaded with metals. Um, so it really depends on where you're talking about in the atmosphere, what type of chemical is used, what type of chemical is going to have the reaction that you expect. And if you look at weathermodificationhistory.com and you study the entire history of weather control, you realize that in the early days they tried everything from x-rays to mortar shells, just exploding black powder, to you name it, electrified sand from biplanes. That still blows me um, away. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all right there. I you know it, it's it's interesting because in going back and reviewing um, some of our newspaper articles on weathermodificationhistory.com. God, I got to shorten that. Um, we have like eight hundred and forty nine newspapers. I need something like tott like. WMH.com. WMH.com <laughs> is for sale for like 10 grand. Maybe I'll do a GoFundMe or something. <laughs> oh, damn um, it. <laughs> good Lord. It'd be so much easier. Weathermodhist.com. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just want like weathercontrol.info at this point. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, the, the, if you look at the entire history, it, they, they go from trying, as you would put it, all manner of fuckery to really concentrating on several key, you know, components of weather control. And if you really break it down to its simplest level, there's there's really only three types of weather control. There's chemical, there's electromagnetic, and then there's sonic. Now, sonic usually doesn't get a whole lot of play. Um, sonic would be like hail cannons. Uh, they're basically they're you know large cannons that make an acoustic blast the idea that they could use a sonic wave to break up ice crystals break up hail so that it get turns into smaller pieces and it doesn't destroy their crops um though that is from the earliest days of weather modification there are still people to this day who operate hail cannons around the world and as I was saying, I was going through the newspaper articles in our archive. We have 849 of them. Do you know how many copies of Canberra Times I have in there? <laughs> I mean, it, it's astounding. Um, I was really <laughs> surprised. It's like, well, I'm up to like 80 now. Wow. wow. Um, but, it, you know, like I, I sent you guys a link earlier. Um, and this is from, it's a photo from 1957. And, um, I'm just bringing the IAAF one. Yeah, it's the naa.gov.au yeah, one. Yeah, it's it. the very first one. And um, they show the Royal Australian Air Force yep, flying DC 3 planes in 1957. So the military doing cloud seeding projects over Australia 1957. And that gives you an idea of how long this has been going on. Now, of course, they don't want to tell you, you know, um, we really don't want to do this anymore. You know, that's kind of kind of the takeaway of what they what you get from um, the responses. So uh, I'm going to bring this up real quick. Uh, you know what? I didn't even paste it to myself. That's a shame. But I was reading that um, basically the CSIRO has uh, determined that, you know, cloud seeding really doesn't work. So for that reason, they've kind of abandoned the idea of it. Um, 
but that flies in the face of, you know, recent statements by individuals who are still, you know, doing that. So what I've noticed throughout the history of weather control is this. There is a rush to be that snake oil salesman. Mm-hmm. You need water, I can provide it. Pay me. Payment is received. They go up and they sprinkle their magic pixie dust. They shoot electromagnetic waves into the sky, something. And if it rains, then they go, I did a great job. (laughs) If it floods, they look at the guy and say, you better not admit that you paid me to do this or we're both going to hell in a handbasket. We're going to blame climate change. Climate change did this and certainly wasn't us. Mm. And if nothing happens at all, they're usually run out of town with pitchforks and shotguns. So it's it's usually one of the three. Yeah, I did it. And you paid me. Job well done. Going to hire me again? Oh, damn. People are dying. Uh, let's just blame this one on climate change or shit. I really didn't deliver on that one. I better run. And that has always been the case. And, uh, and in, in particular, the the case of Charles Mallory Hatfield, the moisture accelerator in 1916 in Cal- Southern California, he made it rain in Los Angeles, California. And the city of San Diego said, well, we want some of that. And then he came down and they promised to pay him and he made it rain, but he made it rain so hard the Lake Morena Dam broke and of course mayhem ensued but the city refused to pay Hadfield who was a Native American he was an Indian feathers not dots um, and they refused to pay him because they would be basically admitting liability for the damage that was done and this is a this is a, a catch-all tale for the entire history of weather control so what you guys are experiencing uh, with, you know, the recent floods and the allegations of cloud seeding, you know, being the cause of it just rings true because it's happened so many times in the past. Now, and, and the these problem things, is, I was going to say, go do, these things don't have to be necessarily orchestrated by, you know, some shady government department. This could literally just be a collaboration of different corporations going, well, we're, we're Clara. We want to build smart cities here. We're going to get outsource some rainmaking technology to another corporation. They just go ahead and do it. And if if whatever happens, happens. But they can just wash their hands of it and say, well, it wasn't us. Or, you know, you can't prove it was us. We There's no... That, that liability isn't there. Like you said, they, 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 they tell each other to shut up and don't say anything. Or they just say, well, it's just climate change. Or, you know, they blame it on something else. So it doesn't... Like I said, it doesn't have to necessarily be shady government you know departments creating these things um yeah they can literally just be an organization of corporations doing this to each other or doing this to us i should say right the 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 too many hands in the cookie jar um Mm. idea also Mm. that especially here in in the united states we have so many different companies that are involved in weather modification and i wonder how much information sharing happens between them and um, obviously, here we have NOAA, which is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. They, by law, have to report to NOAA when they're going to do weather modification. But NOAA doesn't even share 
according to the head of the National Weather Service and the head of the Storm Prediction Center here in America, they don't share that information with them. And this is kind of one of those concerning issues where you go, if A is able to make weather and change it, and B, who predicts the weather, knows nothing about it, then how do we ever see what the fuck is going on? Because somebody's <laughs> lying here. And it, it really, exactly. it's that simple. Yeah, um, you yeah. can't claim that you're going to be able to modify the weather well, he, and then make accurate predictions ever. Here's another example too, Jim. Uh, and Ethan and Andy will, will back me up on this. I'm pretty sure it was Australian Rain that was the company responsible. But... In back in 2011, we had floods here in Queensland, in Brisbane. They were the Brisbane floods, right? 2011. Massive damage, like just incredible. And just prior to that, so during late 2010 and um, around that time, the, the Queensland government hired a rain-making company to do cloud seeding because we were, we were going through um, a drought at the time. Like it was, you know, ridiculous level five restrictions, you know, shower once every four days and don't wash your car all that sort of fucking bullshit you know don't use water for anything sort of thing you know not at all and then they they did these cloud seeding operations the dams it rained like phenomenal amount of money they didn't release any water from the dams and then they all of a sudden they had to release the water because all the dams are sitting at 140 percent capacity you know and let it all out and it flooded the entire brisbane area um and that that's just another example of but the government hired this company to do this but it wasn't it didn't really come out in the media it sort of came out afterwards there was also i think an investigation as well ethan correct me if i'm wrong um into that one uh and it came out afterwards is that right do you remember that i don't i don't think there was an investigation into that that one but we definitely did um the Bly government purchased rain making technology from the thai king um, they had been uh, made doing weather modification for 30 years at that point, is what the Brisbane Times article uh, said that I recall. Um, and we purchased it. The Annabelle government it would have been, yeah, around that time. And then, yeah, again, mass floods happening. The same we were speaking off air about Hydro Tasmania, the coronial, coronial inquiry that they had to do in 2016 after the floods in Tasmania. So, they always seem to just pop up all around these instances, weather modification, floods here in Australia, whether it's for droughts, whatever the case may be. As Jim has detailed, there's all different layers and all different chemicals and stuff to to do whatever you intend to do in different ways. But they always just seem to pop up at that time, General. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, we got it from the Thai government okay, uh, around that time i believe 2009 or something it was yeah. a couple of years beforehand we, we'd had like four it years of drought like it was drought. a long drought we had yeah, yeah. but what i'm getting yeah, at is those, restrictions and everything. What, what i'm what i'm getting at though is boys um so the government's kind of they seem to have learnt from their mistakes in the past where they knowingly go and hire companies on the record to go and create rain because Oh, there's no rain in the dams. Oh, we're in drought. You know, the public's uproars. You need to fix this. You need to fix this. So they go and do it right. And then, of course, all hell breaks loose when it floods and everything gets fucked up. But they seem to have learned from that, I think, anyway. Because now, look at what's happening. We've had so many floods, all the Lismore areas and stuff, and leading, all this sort of shit leading up to it. But no one is putting their hand up to say, oh, well, we've been doing weather modification or rain-making things. But then, we have, like I said, when we've got this company 
this Clara group who wants to build all these new infrastructure, high-speed rail, smart seas, all along the East Coast, all in the exact same areas where all these floods are happening. I'm just waiting for the day when someone does a FOIA request and they, they somehow get hold of information or something from these companies where they've literally... They're like, oh, here we go. Here's the document that shows Clara hired so-and-so rainmaking to make it rain in this area. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to come out one day, surely. Just seems to me like that the government's learned their lesson. The government's, the government's not doing the hiring anymore. They're leaving it to corporations to do the work for them, in a sense, and they can wash their hands of it and say, it wasn't us, you know. Yeah, and that's the only thing that's left, as Jim has explained. You know, it, it's happened time and time again. This thing is possible. All of the ingredients Damn are right there. You just really need that smoking gun to uh, bring it beyond the realm of extreme coincidences, mm. right? Mm. At the moment, it's still a, a so-called conspiracy theory. The fact checkers say there's nothing to do with it. Uh, Jim sent us a link of uh, yeah. a, a pilot and an aer- uh, airline group that were flying around doing uh, photography in the area. They have been accused of cloud seeding. They've had to deny it on their website and stuff. So yeah, is that the CBS you know, there are news people one? pointing. Yeah, there are people it, it tr- trust very little from CBS, but <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But if you go to um, there's nuggets of Hand- information everywhere. What are they? Handel, Handel Aviation Proprietary Limited. If you um, click through to the source that they reference in the CBS article, it actually goes to a release on Handel Aviation's uh, website. They're from the Bankstown Aerodrome, a US company that's here based, and it says, we understand that there's been some recent discussions online associating our organisation with cloud seeding, and then it just goes on to deny then say that we are aerial photography only. Our recent flights over flooded areas of New South Wales and Queensland are in response to the floods. So there's a lot of finger pointing going on, General. So yeah, all the ingredients it, um, are there. What did Andy and, just put up too, you know, boys? Just this Andy actually put up the flight pan, uh, yeah. plans of the the. So so when you see that that sort of pattern, a that is how you would do aerial photography if you were plotting something out. Even if you were doing it with um, air-based LIDAR, um, which you know people are using right now as an example, using LIDAR scans to find hidden structures in the Amazon forest, yeah, ancient cities. Yeah. yeah. So similarly, this is the type of flight, flight, flight pattern you would see for aerial photography, for LIDAR scans, and cloud seeding. However, um, this is the this is the the crux of the problem. Prove it. I mean, how do you prove that Handel Aviation was paid or just decided to do it on their own, mm. which nobody does anything for free? Um, that they were paid to actually go and do cloud seeding. So I'm always, um, you know, I'm a skeptic first. Uh, I've been played yeah. too many times. So I'm going to play devil's advocate. They didn't do it. And if they did do it, prove it. Yeah. That's what they're going to, I mean, that's their lawyers going to look at you and say, um, you can tinfoil hat the fuck up, build yourself a tinfoil, you know, shield and a bastard sword (laughs) and charge into the fucking courthouse. And they're going to look at you and go, same thing. Yeah. Prove your case. Yeah. So no, well, give, me, reason- give me access to all your servers and your email servers, and then I'll prove it. And they'll be like, well, we're not going to do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So 
after doing this for 14 years, yeah. I've come to the conclusion that the only solution is to require by law worldwide f- from the United Nation nations. I almost said the United nasty. Um, <laughs> I, I, they, I fucking hate them. They're useless, but yeah. regardless, they have a law on the books. It's called the environmental modification convention. It is the weather warfare ban of 1976 or 1978. It came as a result of what happened in um, Vietnam with operation Popeye when the U S air force and the U S Navy and Henry Kissinger and the CIA decided to do weather warfare over Vietnam. Mm. So weather warfare was banned in 1978 officially, and there's never been a way to catch somebody in the act. So my proposal, which I call the Environmental Modification Accountability Act, is an add-on to the United Nations weather warfare ban that requires two things. One, notification. Prior notification before you any atmospheric experimentation. And I call it experimentation because it is experimental. It's not an operation. It's not guaranteed. It's still an experiment. Mm. Cloud seeding was invented in 1946, and they have not once proven the efficacy of cloud seeding. Yes, we know it can make rain. We also know it can do absolutely nothing. We know it can cause drought. Getting the right mixture, all of that, always an experiment. They have no idea what the results are going to be. So the only solution to this is prior notification, minimum for something small scale like cloud seeding, 48 hours, public notice on a website, hey, we are about to do weather modification in this area with this many pounds, kilograms of chemicals over this many square miles precise intelligent information that will not only inform the public it'll inform the scientific community which can then do observations not just the people who are selling the shit we're talking about third party true peer review cause and effect what did we see citizen scientists out there actually doing you know collecting little silver iodide flakes and water bottles and all of that just to see how far it traveled make it open source you know it's it's going to get it's going to happen we're not going to stop it all now we may stop it if enough people are aware of it though so my first step is to make people aware Mm. and it, it starts with the united nations it should work its way down to each and every country on the planet and then and I don't, you know, I don't know about your your districts and everything, but here in the United States, then on a state by state level, and then fuck it, let's go down to the city level and have a mirrored image of that same requirement all the way down to the the lowest common denominator, your your, you know, your local town. Mm. So if somebody does do weather modification, and then a storm that they modified causes a flood or a tornado forms. You break, you You buy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then we don't have to go and prove our case, you know, prove, you know, that the boogeyman is real. Yeah. Right. Trust, but verify. Let's go ahead and trust that they're going to tell us in advance, verify that they did no harm. And also for the you know the individuals who are paying for all this stuff, which is you usually, 
taxpayers in yeah. Sacramento, um, California, yep. pay their water bill. Smud. Their water bill goes to SMUD, Sacramento Municipal Utility District. District. SMUD yeah. pays the cloud seeding generators to go up and do the sprinkling of the heavens <laughs> to fill the Lake Oroville Dam. And, oh, by the way, that dam failed and hurt a whole bunch of people. Oh, and they didn't even repair the dam, and then they went and spent another $900,000 on cloud seeding operations. So I want to know beforehand when they're doing it. But you're saying, Jim, the government's never going to do that. So the second part is verification. Transparency <laughs> and verification. Okay? So the verification part comes in. We create a system of sensors worldwide to detect the signatures of weather modification, of weather control, of geoengineering, of atmospheric river steering, of space weather modification using high-powered electromagnetic beams, of space weather control with sounding rockets or just burning holes in the ionosphere, all of the above. So you ask yourself, well, how are you, you going to do that, Jim? Well, guess what? They did it with nuclear bombs, and they did it with the Comprehensive Test Ban Treaty Organization. They created infrasound recorders and seismographs across the planet to detect the earthquake-like signatures of a nuclear bomb going off. And not only did they do that, these sensors are spread out so they can do interferometry and they can triangulate where that nuclear explosion occurred. Went that way when Rocket Man in North Korea decides to go and you know blow up a nuke, we know within a I think it's down to like with a five mile radius of where that detonation occurred. It may be even more accurate than that now. But within a five mile radius, they can tell you where this nuke went off. Anywhere in the world. So not only did they write a piece of paper and they banned a thing, all upper upper atmospheric and above ground nuclear testing, you can still blow up nukes underground. So if you want to do nuclear testing, you can do it underground where people aren't going to breathe it and there's all these filters and that's a story for another show. <laughs> Regardless, they banned it, they banned the nukes and then they went and made a sensor network to do the verification regime. I'm saying have the government, and I know you're already going, the government? Um, <laughs> have the government have NASA, NOAA, the CSIRO, um, EU, MedSat, you know, get every single atmospheric sensor we have on the planet together, connected, so that there is a government sensor network. But fuck them because we don't trust them. So we build a second citizen-powered network of sensors. As an example, during the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear meltdown, mm -hmm. EPA's Radiation Detection Network, or RADNET, decided, well, I think we should probably shut down for like two days. What good is a government-based sensor network if it turns itself off when it is most needed to yeah. inform the public? So that's the that's the catch twenty two of this. Because <laughs> I was going to say all, have, all that will happen will be the um, same as the, you know the old Epstein 
jail cell. Oh, well, the cameras weren't working that day, you know? Like, oh, yeah. It'll be the same the thing. The cameras weren't working. The, the guards <laughs> the were The sensors weren't, weren't turned on that day when that nuke went off. What do you <laughs> I mean, we got the most, you know, the most important, possibly one of the most important criminals in jail and in a federal um, penitentiary and just everything goes wrong yeah exactly yeah yeah that's that's what i mean the same thing yeah you'd have to definitely do a citizen version of it yeah and make it so that it's yeah yeah well so that's 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 my solution and the reason why is because if you do not tell us in advance that you're gonna modify the weather and then we detect that you did it. You just violated in mod because if you had good intentions, which is legal, and you were open and honest about it, and you told us in advance, and we could see the results, fine. As long as you don't hurt anybody. If you hurt people, civil court. Here we go. Come, mm-hmm. proof in hand. Judge is going to be like, you fucked up. You know you fucked up. I mean, you told everybody you were going to do it. You knew the risks. I can. There, they were harmed. I can see it now, though, Jim. They'll just be going. Uh, but it's not an exact science, you know. We we don't know if and we then did nobody, do it. W- w- yeah. Then nobody will hire him again. <laughs> well, there you go. It's yeah. a fucking win-win. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've gamed this out in every direction it possibly could go. You get more public engagement. People will know about it. Yeah. This will no longer be a secret. You have ca- accountability. For the corporations, okay? Mm. You have a way to detect when the government is doing it, when they shouldn't be. And the only the only setback to this is, you know, who's going to enforce the, the, you know, the penalties against the governments? Nobody is. It's, it's up to the citizens of each country because at least knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. Anyway, that was a, a saying on a cartoon when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, I remember. Knowing is half the battle. If, if at least we know beyond a shadow of a doubt some military fuckery happened here because we know that you know these planes that we saw on ABS, uh, ADSB exchange were military planes. They were in the area. We did detect massive amounts of carbon black dust or silver iodide or extremely low frequency waves or coronal arcs and electric, you know, discharges. Uh, somebody was up there screwing with the weather and the, you know, this happens to be the Royal Australian air force mm. was in the area at the time. Now that you can build a circumstantial case with enough evidence to put a person in an electric chair and fry their ass to death here in America. And based on enough circumstantial evidence, if you were to, if we were to really get behind this and push for the building of a citizen powered sensor network augmented by the higher capabilities and apparently unlimited budget of bureaucrats, um, then I think that we could actually have a solution where we could end all the shenanigans and all of the, you know, guessing and speculating. And um, there, there wouldn't be, ro- there'd be barely room to breathe fear porn into this scenario. Mm. It would be more about how do we pragmatically deal with these fuckers who keep messing with the weather, but blaming climate change, yeah. blaming you, blaming cow farts, all of that sort of thing. Well, I love it, Jim. That's that's. Um, I'm glad that you've actually 
thought long and hard about this and actually propose a, a not a not a, a hardcore solution, but some sort of solution anyway. You know, something in place that'll add that accountability, add that visibility on a global scale that everyone can see what's going on. And that's definitely one thing I think that's needed. That's for sure. Um, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm glad that you actually brought that to the table, brother. Thank you for um, for offering that up for the listeners too. So that's something for people to kind of consider as well. I mean, we love a good conspiracy Real theory. Quickly, you know. Everybody can go. You can read my proposal. You can actually see that I've taken this to the American Meteorological Society. I got the top two geoengineers on the planet, Ken Caldera and David Keith, both said. <laughs> They would support my solution. Wow. James Roger Fleming, the world's top historian on weather modification. I have a video of him. I interviewed him. He said what I'm doing is extremely important and that I need to keep going with this. He supports my solution. The top two geoengineers on the planet say they would support more transparency and lobby on behalf of this solution. I think that People want to you know, demonize a boogeyman, these people. And everybody, no matter, no matter how fucked up an idea is, if you can rationalize the thought process behind it, then you can say, I'm actually doing this because I care. So though I disagree vehemently with David Keith and Ken Caldera mm-hmm. and Bill Gates' idea of blocking out the sunlight mm-hmm. to save us from runaway global warming... As David Keith would put it, many tens of thousands of people will die directly as a result of geoengineering solar radiation management. I don't idly sweep this under the rug, but the hope is that many millions more would be saved as a result. So this is the classic. We were talking about this at my um, dinner table tonight as a family. The classic you know, case of the train tracks, the buses on this track. There's a baby on this track. You have the choice. Do you divert the train and you hit the baby or do you let it just keep rolling forward and hope that the son of a bitch gets that bus started and it gets out of the way? Because on the one hand, there is a small chance that the bus cranks up, it gets out of the way, everybody's safe. But the minute you pull that lever, you killed that baby. Yeah, that's Climate right. change didn't do it. Mm. You did. And I think that that's really the 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 crux of the argument right now is people believe that they can control everything. As Alan Robach, another geoengineer pointed out, I went to a meeting on geoengineering and we're in this fancy building and we're talking about controlling the entire temperature of the planet. And, um, it was boiling hot in the fucking building cause we couldn't control the temperature of the room. And the, <laughs> This was completely lost on all the individuals there. So we can't even make a fucking air conditioner that works all the time. And I know everybody here has experienced this at one point in their life. If you haven't, you're a lucky son of a bitch. Um, but you, you you lose that air conditioner. You lose power for a day or two. You're sweaty as hell. You're going, God, just please power come back on. So my food doesn't all melt and I can enjoy the cool breeze. Oh, it's back. Now imagine some jackass decides I'm going to geoengineer the entire planet. We're going to control the weather everywhere simultaneously because it's worked out so well with cloud seating. Get the fuck out of here. Like this, 
the fact that this is even being discussed with a straight face, the fact that the public doesn't even know about weather modification and cloud seeding operations, let alone Operation Popeye, the weather warfare thing, yeah. all the FOIAs that have happened since. It's funny. People know nothing about this anywhere. I've, I've recently taken to Reddit and just invading random talk groups. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the topic is. And I'm telling you, I'm getting so fucking good that I can turn any conversation into a conversation about weather control. I love it. I hijacked, I hijacked an alien. What would you say to an alien if it landed? Um, there was like 40 people on the stage, like 120 listening. And I hijacked that bitch and I turned it into a discussion about weather warfare like that. <laughs> and they're like, well, we've got way off topic. I'm like, I'm good at that. So, <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is no matter where I go, no matter who I talk to, no matter what ramble, random sampling te- you know, test I do. Nobody knows shit about weather control. Well, you mentioned that, that how Operation Popeye in Vietnam. I was at a family gathering, right, and with like my wife's cousin. Anyway, and I just randomly got into a conversation with my wife's cousin's partner's father. Anyway, and I'm like, oh yeah, I sort of started talking about the, the Queensland floods and you know, rain making technologies. Like, what? What's what's this? What's, what? Didn't know anything about weather. You know anything about weather modifications? Like. No, and this guy's like, you know, in his 60s. And I said, I said, did you know about Operation Popeye in Vietnam? He's like, what the hell's Operation I'm like, here we go, man. It's like just dropping truth bombs on him and stuff. Because you're right. People, f- no one fucking has any idea about this. Unless you're listening to shows like this or the alternative media or you somehow get a, you somehow Google the term and find yourself, you know, find Jim Lee's webpage at Climate Viewer or WeatherModificationHistory.com, then you're not going to know jack shit about this. If you're just in the mainstream, you will know nothing about this. This, And then, yeah, you're right. That's part of the problem. People just don't know that they do this stuff to us. How can you pay attention to a thing if you don't know it's even happening? Yeah, exactly. That's right. And yeah. f- furthermore, most people, they, they just simply don't give a fuck. They're too into the football, baseball, or race cars, or they're it's all about glued on Pornhub. Yeah, or all about distractions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, there's, they, they'd rather focus on their you know temporal joy. Yeah. Than well, a distracted what, public is what's going to really affect public. them over. Yeah. Um, of course. Well, let's move on to, um, to the, this good. next thing, Jim, if you don't mind. We, we did mention it towards the end of the show, and we sort of talked about it briefly. Remember, we, you dropped that, we were like, oh, what's happening here in Australia and stuff? And you were like, Research this for the next show. And it was um, the cloud brightening over the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, marine, cl- marine, marine cloud, cloud brightening. brightening. All right, let's 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 go through a little bit about this because I this is in my own state. I'm in Queensland where the Great Barrier Reef runs along the, the whole side of our state. And I had no fucking idea this was going on as well. What's, what is marine cloud brightening for our listeners? So the idea is to spray sea salt into the sky... And basically, the salt from the ocean water spray whitens the clouds. It makes them more reflective. So what it is essentially doing is creating a smaller scale version of solar radiation management that is localized to cool over the ocean. Um, Particularly in your case, this is uh, about the, the Great Barrier Reef. And their idea is to um, just generic, you know, generically, yeah, there's the, the um, yep. 
I was, I was about to, I think it was, I think it was called secret. I was getting ready to bring up the links just to remind myself. I'm pretty sure it's called secret. It's like S E A C R E T E. Um, I can't read that. That's all right. You have to read that. But so, I'm just but, showing it for the viewers. That's but I mean. yeah, that, so this, this basically, um, the great barrier reef foundation, um, it, it, and you know, all the groups involved in this, um, they're they're basically taking water from the ocean they're sucking it into the boat they're vaporizing it and putting sea salt into the sky which is making these white clouds that reflect southern cross university right there Mm -hmm. um is involved in this since the um god they had a they had a name for it i i did an entire video on this all the links and references are in the, the details and i was getting ready to just prop that up but i make a lot of videos and they're usually pretty long so (laughs) going how long ago was this that i talked about this thing (laughs) um but i remember all the details anyway so it doesn't matter so why go look it up so they did it i believe it was uh 2018 did it again in 2020 and they had plans to go back and do it um a third trial yeah, from what should I, have been this year. In fact, from what I read, they wanted to increase it to something like over a 400 kilometer square grid. They wanted to try and do it like they wanted. Yeah. They, they're getting bigger and bigger each time they do these things too. From what I read from a different article, I'll, I'll try and find, I've, I've got that one here somewhere too. If you, if, I just dropped it in chat. Um, Geoengineering the great barrier reef and in the video details, which I always do, which I always didn't do this one damn time. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Is it not in the show notes there for you? I always do this. I mean, seriously. That's I didn't right. save the deep. I'll this, put that link no. up for the listeners uh, they, anyway. They can, they can check it out. This is one of the rare occasions that I didn't. I have it in my bookmarks, and I didn't paste it in there. I will update this after the show, not tonight. Is it was it? Did it have anything to do with that Friends of the Earth at all? Are you, you seeing that one? No. Um, no, because they, no. they, they put out. They're a bloody organization. Ethan, you've probably heard of them, Friends of the Earth Australia. Like, I mean, their actual website I, is foe.org.au. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know, right? But they did an article. I mean, they were all talking about, oh, climate change and greenhouse gas. But they actually did an article themselves on um, marine cloud brightening as well that uh, one of my listeners shared as well. But I'll put that in the show notes for the folks. Actually, you can probably just dump it in the um, in the chat for us here as well. But uh, yeah, just interesting as well. Uh, some of the information, that, that was the article I saw where they said they wanted to, yeah, gradually increasing the size with which they do um, this area. Oh, and also... That um, trust, the Great Barrier Reef um, Trust or whatever it's called, uh, they mm-hmm. actually, like that was, they had a $444 million given to them by the um, the Turnbull government, which was our, one of the previous prime minister's government. I'll just put it in the uh, chat there for you. Um, and it wasn't even that, like this grant of a $444 million to that Great Barrier Reef Foundation wasn't even like, didn't go through any... Um, considerations didn't go through any um, talks with key stakeholders didn't pass any inquiries they just went here here's this here's this money have a 444 million dollars and apparently all the people that are on this board of this trust are all like 
uh, oil and gas type companies as well. Like it's just uh, just greasing the palms of other of their mates and stuff, you know, under the guise of wanting to help people and stuff. But anyway, it was just the whole thing is just a just a matter of just a huge shenanigans happening. Reef restoration and adaptation program. But anyway, um, I'm almost. I'm even still screen sharing. I'll stop it there. There we go. Um, yeah, crazy stuff. But I'll put that in the, in the links uh, as well for the listeners to, to check out there. But yeah. So this is this is a, a smaller scale, um, but this plan originated with two individuals, John Latham and Stephen Salter. Um, John Latham, I believe he is an Australian. Um, Stephen Salter, I know he's from the UK, um, and they came up with these marine cloud brightening boats, and their idea was to create ships. Uh, let's say thousands of drone ships that would generate artificial marine stratocumulus clouds that were artificially whitened Mm. to reflect a massive amount of solar radiation back to space to cool the ocean. The problem is that they also suggested using the exact same technology to steer hurricanes. So what what you constantly find out is... They'll they'll say that this is for one thing, and then you'll go look at patent, you know, patents oh, they right. filed, yeah, yeah. patent applications, and then I'm looking and I'm seeing, uh, you know, at the 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 uh, hurricane modification workshop ran by the Department of Homeland Security in in the United States in 2008, and you see Stephen Salter up there talking about the Salter sink a tube that flows take goes all the way to the bottom of the ocean sucks cold water from the bottom of the ocean puts it on top of the ocean to cool the upper level levels they call it hurricane emasculation i mean it sounds like <laughs> sounds like it sounds like dude shaming or something giving a um, giving someone a giant enema it sounds like yeah yeah and then, <laughs> and then similarly using their boats to do uh, they they had one that specifically Bill, that Bill Gates was in on this one. Ken Caldera, um, uh, Roderick Hyde, and Edward Teller, um, and a whole slew of other geo and John Latham was in on this. Um, that they would tell a certain area you're about to be hit by a hurricane. Get, receive payment from interested party, then deploy um, apparatus apparatus to steer that hurricane away and accept a final payment. So let's just pretend for a second. There's a hurricane coming through the Gulf of Mexico. It's going to hit Texas, and that's where a bunch of oil refineries are. And the oil refineries, they got money. So they don't want a hurricane hitting them. So they pay Bill Gates and company. They go out there and they deploy their little sucking tubes and their, you know, cloud seeding boats. And, um, they, of course, they dump carbon black dust into certain what they call hot and cold spots on a hurricane. Um, the black absorbs solar radiation, so it heats a portion of the hurricane so they can turn that sucker. And, uh, oh, wait. Then it goes and hits the poor neighborhoods and fucking kills all of them instead of hitting the oil refinery. So in every situation, when you look at, you know, who's making the money, who's planning to make the money, I took this straight to Ken Caldera because shit, his name was on the patent. And in his own Google group, I said, bruh, what the fuck? And he said, 
Um, well, you know, this was just a brainstorming session that we had, and what? I would never take a dime for this technology. It was just a, you know, just we were thinking outside the box. How could we prevent the next Hurricane Katrina? Why would which, you patent here, it? But anyway, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he also has patents for literally like renting cloud ionizers to farmers. <laughs> So that they can shoot ionized be- particle beams at the sky. You know, hey, I wanted to rain on my fucking yard, not his. Um, you know, but hell. of course, then they go, oh, but we're not trying to make any money off this. David Key, uh, David Keith, the other guy, he's running Scopex, the stratospheric controlled perturbation experiment where they want to block out the sunlight. Um, they tried to get their balloon off the ground in, in Tucson, Arizona. That shit didn't happen. So then they went all the way to Karuna, Sweden. They were going to launch it from a rocket test range over there. And um, the ETC group and Friends of the Earth um, got involved and actually shut that shit down. Um, So David Keith's like, well, you know, I always got my fallback money. So he has another company called Carbon Engineering, which does... CO2 sequestration. So he's actually invented these huge fans. You can imagine skyscrapers of fans that suck in the air, draw the CO2 out, pump it into the ground, and they call that carbon sequestration, (laughs) CO2 sequestration. So I want to block out the sun by dumping chemicals in the sky. And yeah, it'll kill many tens of thousands of people, but hopefully we'll save millions. And, you know, this probably isn't going to float and we may never ever get to do it. So my backup plan is I got all these fans over here. Um, everybody's trying to make a buck. It's it's always the same schmucks trying to make a buck. You talked about the, and I don't know shit about what you just said at the beginning of the show, but I'm going to take a stab at it anyway, because why not? I like to fucks with it. Um, smart cities, floods, you know, fires. Sounds all familiar. We call that disaster capitalism. Yeah, yeah. Here in America, an example would be we have the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. It's not the New York Stock Exchange. It's the gangsta version in Chicago. Now, for those who don't know about Chicago, uh, it happens to be one of the murder capitals of the world right now. Yeah. It is a fucking insane asylum of liberal ideology, um, a city that is run directly into the shitter quicker than um, I can flush that toilet back there. Um, <laughs> but regardless, at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, they have um, the Weather Derivatives Exchange. So they literally are betting on the stock market on weather. Now, they also have these things called event contracts and hurricane contracts. During Hurricane Sandy, they were actually taking out event contracts and hurricane contracts on in New York on areas that were about to be devastated by Hurricane Sandy. And afterwards... They could buy it up for pennies on the dollar. That is disaster capitalism. Mm-hmm. So if you, it, it, is it possible? Yes. Is the technology there? Yes. Because guess what? The butterfly effect is one of the oldest theories around. 
And, you know, does a butterfly flapping its wings in Brazil affect a tornado in Texas? Mm-hmm. You know, something, you know, five, 10,000 miles apart. Yep. Just, just a little flap here. It gets amplified. It resonates. And eventually, chaos theory, all of the chaotic nature of, you know, what's going on in our atmosphere has huge ramifications over here. Now, no scientist will ever admit to this because they can't understand it and they sure as fuck can't prove it. Um, but these kinds of reactionary flows certainly happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all, it's almost a certainty. So when you have people that are willing to bet on the weather, then they have a stake in it. They become stakeholders right. in the game. They got money in the game, yeah. And these people you're talking about wanting to build these sustainable cities, they, you know, um, we have the same trend here in America. There's an America2050.org or something like that, where, you know, this NGO is talking about how there will be mega cities. There'll no longer be states. They'll just be like Phoenix kind of just morphs into Los Angeles and everything in between is just like looking like Coruscant from freaking Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, seriously, wow. that's because it, the more they can centralize people in these lunatic asylum large cities, no offense if you live in New York or Sydney or any of these big cities, but you're out of your fucking mind. Because it's very easy to control people in a highly concentrated area. Oh, yeah. They have a lack of natural resources to fall back on. They are almost completely dependent on their superiors and their political officials. Oh, and by the way, their law enforcement typically, just coincidentally, the bigger the city, the more likely you are to have your guns taken away. Um, now, I happen to live in South Carolina where – as the Japanese put it, we wouldn't invade America because if we did, there would be a gun behind every blade of grass. Yeah, yeah, I remember that quote. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you guys yeah. have open carry there, don't you? Yeah, we have open carry, concealed carry. We yeah. got everything yeah. in between. Yeah, good on you. I mean, everything's short of just like spinning them on your fingers and you kind of like, <laughs> stop, motherfuckers! <laughs> bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that'd go over too well. By well, the way, I, but, I I appreciate the Star Wars reference. I'm a big Star Wars fan too. By the way, <laughs> I try to. I try. You know, try to. You These two keep won't know the Star light. Wars reference, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, just go look up Coruscant. You'll you'll yeah, just yeah. if you Google it, you'll see a picture. It's basically an entire planet that's one big city. Yeah. There's not. I don't think you could spit out of a window and hit dirt. Yeah, exactly. Just imagine that but, on the entire planet. I I. Uh, I get what you're saying. I hope um, you two lads do as well. That um, whilst all the the possibilities are there, they they have the ability to do all these things that we've been talking about. Can we prove it? No, we can't prove it. It's it's at the moment. It's it's literally just a theory of ours and stuff. And goodness knows, my listeners know we love a good theory on this show. But um, that's where we have to unfortunately kind of leave that topic because we can't we can't prove that's what they're doing. It's just that all the evidence that we see, everything. It all lines up. Everything, it's, it's it's all falling into place for them. You know what I mean? On almost every scale. But we can't prove that they're behind. We can't prove that that's the, that's the exact agenda and that, that's what they're doing. Um, it's just happening. It's just happening as it is. It's just uh, coincidental, I but guess. That, that, that's why I can't reiterate enough the importance of at least 
having some kind of pragmatic solution. Like yeah. I got into this, you know, guns blazing, firing off every, you know, like, oh, Hurricane Sandy was Frankenstorm and, you know, na- giving them nicknames and scary titles and all of, you know, Oh, look at the next rad radars flashing into the storm as it's coming through. That's got to be weather control. Is that a thing? Because like, we mm. see that here. We see it doing it here. Like they beam, 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 beam. And all oh, of a sudden, Lord, then there's like don't... floods in that area. Like what's going on? I there? wasted I wasted two fucking, two and a half years of my life tracking down the next rad <laughs> boogeyman. And I'm going to tell you this. this like, is the at thing. The end Just of the lay day, it on me. In America, we have what's called... WSR ADAD, which means Weather Service Radar 1988D, uh, Doppler. So Doppler Weather Radar. Now, yeah. Doppler weather, um, radars have gone through a conversion to these cross dipole versions. They've done, gone through numerous types of upgrades. They're typically 750,000 watts. Um, they don't point up for those who think they're fucking ionospheric heaters. They t- tend to go out. They can steer the beam up and down a little bit. So they can point it towards the ground. They have usually two modes, clear air mode and precipitation mode. Um, And then there's a third mode, which we're not going to talk about here because we'd literally eat up the rest of the fucking show on that. Um, (laughs) But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself cause and effect. Now, I'm going to tell you just from my personal experience, I spent two and a half years. I have one of the most technically advanced mapping programs around climateviewer.org Correct. uses cesium js 3d i pull nextrad level one two and three data from there um not on the public version because that would be illegal um <laughs> but i can actually pull the ne- every different facet of nextrad level three data unfiltered before it hits the raytheon filtered and goes to your local weather channel um and i can look at you know here's the raw data here's the base reflectivity here's all of the different you know types of data that's coming out from this radar that i can see and what i looked for was one unique characteristic that everybody claims exists but i've never been able to observe and I was looking for that million dollar ticket, like those crackheads in the gas station or scratching lottery tickets going, today's going to be the day, man. Going to see that cloud. It's going to come in and, you know, you're going to see the beam. uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to have the next red radar beam like this and the cloud's going to (laughs) go and go around it. And that would be, that would be a freaking miracle. However, I've never seen that happen. I've had hundreds, if not thousands, of images and videos and links sent to me in the last 14 years. I've observed almost all of them. I've kind of stopped observing them because it's a waste of my fucking time. But I have never once seen a storm change direction as a result of a Doppler weather radar. Does that mean that it can't change the rain in the cloud? Because it certainly isn't changing the direction of a cloud. In order to create a artificial high pressure dome, um, you know, creating an area of artificial high pressure with an increase in pressure comes an increase in heat. Basically, also thermodynamics. Anyway, um, you would need a massive amount of power 
concentrated in a specific area to divert a cloud, you know, uh, the wind and all of that. To my knowledge, it's never happened. I've never seen it happen in all of the observable weather data I've ever seen, except what? one time with heart. Would it? No. I, I, I get that it might not be diverting or breaking up storms, but can these can it intensify? You just mentioned then that it can perhaps create more rain. Or that's the key question. That's the that's the key question because at the end of the day, to make it rain, you need three things. I mentioned two earlier. I really didn't get into the third because I figured it would come up about now. <laughs> so you need a speck of dust. And you need water vapor. Yep. The third is some kind of energy because water doesn't stick to dust without that energy. And that energy can be like galactic cosmic. Yeah. 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 Galactic cosmic rays is the number one source of creating clouds. So cosmic rays from space penetrating our ionosphere coming down causing ionizing radiation which then causes them to stick together i like to keep it simple stupid and we're gonna call it static hmm. so take a balloon rub it on the fucking carpet yep stick it to your head that's what we're talking about here yeah yep. so this this energy exchange um was actually uh of the original cloud seeding inventors it was vincent schaefer Irving Langmire and Bernard Vonnegut. Bernard Vonnegut was um, brother to the famous author Kurt Vonnegut. And he went on, Bernard did, to spend the rest of his life, as far as I can tell, just chasing down the electrical part of how cloud seeding and weather and rain work. Mm -hmm. And it still isn't, I mean, at its fundamental levels, fully under, you know. I wouldn't even say 50% understood, especially when you start to get into how the electromagnetic plays into, tor you know, cyclones, tornadoes, um, hurricanes, that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> we do understand that the amount of energy um, is immense. Uh, Irving Langmire, he actually said that in the release of energy from cloud seeding, can be the equivalent of several hundred megatons of nuclear bombs just from cloud seeding. In fact, uh, I've got this like stickied on my freaking uh, uh, Twitter.com slash resonate. It's my, my, my main page. I think it's also on my, um, no, it's actually on the climate viewer one. Twitter.com slash climate viewer if you want to see this actual image. Um, and I'll just uh, read you what he said. Yeah. But he says, in the amount of energy liberated, all right, um, Dr. Irving Langmire, pioneering in pioneer in rainmaking, said the government should seize on the phenomena of weather control as it did on the atomic energy when Albert Einstein told the late President Roosevelt in 1939 of the potential power of atom splitting weapon. In the amount of energy liberated, the effects of 30 milligrams of silver iodide under optimum conditions is equal to that of one atomic bomb. Jesus. 30 milligrams. fucking milligrams. Mm, right. This is like the fentanyl of the sky. <laughs> okay? <laughs> now, 
So we're talking a minute amount, and this is yeah. you know when I went That's when I went to the the government here in America to bitch about plane farts at an EPA hearing, which is the Environmental Protection Agency. I read a quote from another scientist that said, you know, we were really surprised to find out that very small changes in atmospheric constituents can have such large scale effects. And this is why, because even Bern, Irving Langmire, you know, back in the 40s and then into the 50s, he actually bitched about the government doing a weather um, a cloud seeding operation. And he warned them. He's like, look, it's going to cause flooding. It's going to cause flooding. You need to stop this. And then it caused flooding. He's like, it's flooding now. Can you fucking stop? Mm. And they would not stop um, because the amount of energy released by this process is, I mean, inestimable i mean we really have yeah. no clue nobody yeah. i mean it's practically like I, I watched an entire documentary on infinity last night it really got my my math boner on um <laughs> but i mean seriously when you when you start to contemplate the, the the complexity of what's going on up there and how many people are doing different experiments with different types of apparatus it's it's mind-boggling and then for them to say what well, like the CBS News article, could not have possibly been caused by cloud seeding. Oh, but so let me get this straight. Every fucking year in America, since 1948, when Irving P. Crick invented the ground-based cloud seeding generator, since 1948, pretty much on a you know annual basis. From October through March, every single cloud seeding generator on the west coast of America turns on. They do what's called snowpack augmentation. This is creating artificial snow on top of mountains so that in the springtime it melts and it feeds all the rivers. So all them dry motherfuckers on the west coast, it's pretty similar to your situation down under, um, they can have water. Mm. So unfortunately for you, there aren't a lot of fucking mountains around covered in snow that are going to melt and run off and bring you water. None. That's why None. cloud seeding isn't as effective there. But here we have, we have the same phenomenon every year where all of a sudden four States away <clears throat> East in the direction the wind blows, um, they're getting flooded come springtime. And you'll even hear these dumbasses on TV, these, uh, you know, news jockeys go, well, it's, uh, you know, the flooding's especially bad this year because of the large amount of snow that fell on the mountaintops last year. So uh, we're going to have to expect at least a couple more weeks of this meltwater runoff to just keep making the floods worse over here, for Christ's sakes. It's fucking <laughs> climate change. Yes, meanwhile, that's what they do. Meanwhile, Idaho Power Company's like, Bitch, we made that artificial snow because we don't have enough water over here. And if it fucks you guys up over there, we don't really care. It's not like you're ever going to ask us about it. If you did, we'd call you a fucking conspiracy theorist. Yeah. So this is this is why I take this shit so personally. Mm. This is why despite having a migraine, I'm like, you know what? I need to go come down under and break it off for my Aussie friends because at the end of the day, this is not... This doesn't give a damn about your political party. No, it doesn't. It don't give a damn about your religious beliefs. It don't give a damn about your personal ideologies or whatever personal thing you think is so fucking important. 
Weather modification geoengineering are going to ruin the lives or take the lives of your children, your grandchildren, and it's only going to get worse as each generation subsequently says, you know what? This is a fun story. It's been a fun story. Or our Jim, you told some funny jokes. You told about some crazy things. That was good on you. But if you don't do shit about it, there's going to be a lot of dead people, and it's just going to continue on. Yeah. So That's I, why we need the, the NMOD AA. Hey, that's why we need that, man. The Accountability Act. I don't want my I don't want my daughters to grow up in a world where they can't see the stars because they decided to block the sun out. Mm. I don't want them, you know, constantly in fear for their lives because guess what? Now they've actually mastered weather control. Let's say 50 years from now, they they really figure it out because with these quantum computers, light-based processors and all that, they're, they're able to get enough little nanobot sensors up there to actually figure out, oh, well, fuck all those things we didn't know about. They're actually there. Okay, well, that explains why it didn't work before. And then they finally figure it out. Do you really want that? I mean, do you do you really want somebody being able to decide who the winners and losers are, yeah. where the water actually falls? So. At the end of the day, this comes back to the same central theme. Technocrats, globalists, power, control. He who controls the weather controls the world. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a goddamn comic book, you know, thing, isn't it? Like we I I just foresee that future that you were just talking about, you know, in a hypothetical sense that we'll end up paying some sort of, you know, fee Please, please don't make it flood on our on our on our state this year. You know, we end up everyone pays this fee to whatever corporation that has the ability to, to do it on a whim. You know, or whatever government it is. You know, that's that's what it'll get to if we let this shit get out of hand. Yeah, because they they seem to be trying so hard to be able to, to make this an exact science in a sense. And you're right, if technology gets its way and they get uh, much better computing power, all this sort of shit, then. They might very well be able to achieve that someday. That is a that is a threat. That's a possibility. I just imagine like, you know, Dr. Evil, you know, sitting there in his little terrorist bunker going, Pay me one <laughs> what's the number today? Hundred one billion <laughs> trillion <laughs> bajillion dollars, or I will make a volcano and a hurricane will come out yeah. of it. Hey, let me let I me mean, <laughs> let me put this to you, right? And again, I love a good theory, right? This is me. This is what I do. I do too. Okay, so what did what did oh, good old we mentioned this on the last episode, Ethan? What did um good old DeSantis, uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, do to uh, Martha's Vineyard recently? He sent oh, <laughs> he sent a whole funny. bunch of uh, immigrants up there, didn't he? Right, he bust them 50. all over there. Yeah, just fifty, but. It caused such a rigmarole and all sorts of stuff. And then what happened like about two weeks later or whatever the time frame was? What happened to Florida? They just got hit with Ian. Hurricane Ian. Yeah. Do you reckon there's any chance that that was retaliation? <laughs> what are you saying? Are you saying <laughs> He didn't pay what? his hundred billion dollars to whatever, you know? So they got hit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love be, theories. Isn't back. that isn't that funny? That's like straight out of a that's movie. That's the only reason I put him on, just so I could do that. Um, so <laughs> he was gonna, All right, that was so just for the members. That was just for the members. Better one. <laughs> gonna put it back on. Here we go. So 
Hi, everybody. I'm Barack Obama. Here we go. And I'm climate change. That's bad. Okay. It's really bad. And we need to, we need to do things about all the things. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So then Trump comes into office and there has not been a major hurricane that's made landfall in America for 10 years. So 2006 was Hurricane Katrina when it mm-hmm. hit New Orleans and flooded it. 2008, 2000, oh, all right. So 2016, that's 10 fucking years. No hurricanes. I, I told you that 2008 also was the Department of Homeland Security's hurricane modification workshop where they said, we want to prevent a Katrina from ever happening again. And coincidentally, one didn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Until Donald Trump was elected in 2016. And Donald Trump, the first day in office, he canceled the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and then he canceled the Paris Accord, COP21, Climate Change Agreement. Mm -hmm. And we got nailed with three fucking hurricanes all in the South, where all the smelly Walmart deplorables live. <laughs> all the Republicans. Is that a coincidence, yeah. motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't... So. I think I think I just topped your DeSantis one, but yeah, there's you know what I mean. Like there is conspiracy theory. There is, and I love a good theory, but it just to me it's one of those things. It was so coincidental, and you know the world is full of just coincidences, of course. Um, and here we go. Look no what happened thing. again. Yeah, of course they hate DeSantis down there. He's he's going against the rub on everything else that they're all doing and stuff. You know, was never a big supporter of the jabs and the masks and all those mandates and all that sort of shit. And then goes and pisses off the old folks, you know, all the people, all the rich folks that live in Martha's Vineyard around there. And um, what's the result? Um, yeah, that gets, was gets some a priceless, priceless trolling there. I had I to mean, do it. We had to do I it. Do, I, I wanted to go there. It's so nice. I'd have to do it twice. <laughs> um, but he, apparently now they're him and the Texas governor are like tag teaming this shit. Yeah. And they're like sending them up to um, New York City right now. Yeah. And um, what's the bit Texas had, is hit next? Come on. <laughs> I mean, mark your calendars. Yeah, um, Editor first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Troll me with a with a busload of you know people that we love and think are beautiful and should. We're a sanctuary state until you actually bust them up here and people see it happening. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like you know if you were to actually say, "Hey, we're controlling the weather," and then you know say. Oh no, it's climate change. And then somebody goes, No, you really did control the weather. Look. And they're like, I am fucking outraged. But you've been paying for this for like 75 years. Why are you outraged now? Yeah, this exactly. is what you wanted. Um, it's it, the, it. Politicians and hypocrisy go together like peanut butter jelly. Y'all do, do, y'all do peanut butter jelly, right? Uh, it's, not, it's not a thing so much not, here in Australia, no. No, not a thing. We know of it, but start. we don't You should it. start. You should start it. I heard about the, the weird shit y'all put on bread. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, it, it's crazy that, you know, when you when you really get down to it, it's like, what politician would you even talk to about this subject? And how would you expect to lobby them into action? And that's really been my, my latest, you know, um, hurdle is how do we convince them and my strategy and maybe you guys can give me some feedback on this 
is that we probably don't fight well on our own. But if we can convince the stakeholders who have money and have lobbyists that they're in danger, like, say, the solar industry, like, say, farmers, like, say, the religious lobby, if you explain to them in individual packages that are nice and neat and says, hey, religious organizations, did you know that man has been attempting to control the weather for 100 years? Don't you think God should control the weather, not man? Hey, farmers, don't you like rain that's predictable? And don't you live off the predictions of idiots who always get it fucking wrong? Do you know why they get it fucking wrong? Because somebody's modifying that weather. Hey, solar industry, do you realize that you lost a billion kilowatt hours worth of dollars of last color. year yeah. because planes are farting all over the sky and making cirrus clouds and they're doing solar radiation management experiments and now they're talking about actually blocking out the sun to save us from hell the world economic forum and dar schwab said that you know we should go with the mit idea of putting a freaking plastic uh, contact lens in space to literally make an umbrella to block sun for the entire planet at the Lagrange point, L1, Roma spreading around. Not that Lagrange. We're talking <laughs> about deep talk, in yeah. space. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I got that the, the yeah, the, they're talking about doing this, and you, as an in, entire industry, have zero fucking chance if somebody can literally shut your sunlight off with a flick of a switch. Mm. These people have the power. They have the lobbyists. They got the money. If we can inform those people, not your average everyday fucker, you know, that's sitting here listening to a podcast. No offense to the audience, but you know you guys are fucking lazy. Um, I mean, <laughs> to, to people who actually are going to, you know, have a have a dog in the race you know, have the money to back it up yeah. and, you know, somebody with a mouthpiece that, you know, politicians either salivate for or are afraid of that's how i think that we actually get this ball rolling yeah well there you go um, so people need to share this show with interested parties so they can get a fucking inkling of what's really going on there's some homework for the listeners okay. yeah and and, and I, this is not to be offensive to, you know i mean it's partially to be offensive because you know <laughs> that's who you are um, no. <laughs> i mean i don't i you know tr facts don't care about your opinions and yeah. i really don't I'm, I'm at the i don't give a fuck point of my life where you know if if the only thing that i regret are the things that i did not say not the things i said um you know so i i'd rather leave it all on the you know on the mat and just say you know it's incumbent on each individual to get educated on this and then educate others who can do something about it. If you can't do something about it and change the world, then it's your obligation to find somebody who can and educate them. Mm -hmm. Getting public consensus. We aren't the fucking IPCC. We don't need 97% of scientists to agree on shit. All we need is less than 2% of the population to go out and find interested parties that have lobbyists 
that literally run the damn government anyway, despite mm. who's the president or prime minister or whoever the fuck it is that, you know, gets to wear the big hat and fly around in the expensive, you know, helicopters and planes. If you can find those people and you can educate them on this topic and the dangers that are occurring now and in the future and why it matters, then I think that we have a chance of turning this ship around mm. and actually airing out the dirty laundry and then maybe doing some you know, evaluation of where we went wrong in the past and getting some honest, like you mentioned, some Freedom of Information Act requests out there that kind of tell the whole story, you know? Mm. But instead, we live in a world where revisionist history and destruction of history is becoming more and more prevalent. Mm. So well said. Well said, the, win the window is closing tighter and tighter. We have to act, you know, Yesterday. soon. Yeah. In my, I mean, seriously, that's it. When I, when I was sitting there thinking about my poor headache, I said, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. You know, like I, I have done things that I had to do um, with a knife hole in me. I've been shot. I still had to drive myself home. I can live Damn. through this. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're still going to wake day, up tomorrow morning, man. Like that's yeah, you're right. I'm literally going to put ice packs on my eyes when I get done with this because I I put my contacts in uh, simply because I realize that these two freaking lights, like I mean, you can see them when I hold this up. Yeah, I can't. Those yeah. two lights. Yeah, those two lights, they reflect off my glasses and everything. But regardless, um, I right, mean, well, the, face cookers, in, man. <laughs> in the interest of, of letting you go shortly, I'll, I'll just open it up to the boys to see if they've got any um, questions they want to throw at you. And then um, I'll, I'll probably just do maybe one or two and we'll try and um, get through them fairly quickly over the comments and things that my uh, listeners have put forward. So that way we're not um, holding you up too much longer, brother. Um, yeah. Sure enough. Ethan or Andy, whoever just whoever jumps off or jumps in first, just um, any comments or questions for uh, for Jim for our guest tonight oh, today. Sorry, uh, Andy's off me um, first. There you go. Uh, yeah, just look, just 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 quickly, boys. Um, <laughs> I mean, the correlation between everything that Jim's talking about and, and all the nonsense that we've been through and the secrecy around the whole whole COVID scandemic, you know, it's clear that the same people are orchestrating the same sort of events. I mean, and it's very, very hard to litigate anyone in regards to, you know, everything that's that's been injected into almost the whole world population. And and the same same sort of parallel with aerial spraying that's going on as well. It's very, very hard to to litigate against these companies doing the same sort of thing. So yeah, it's just I just I'm just amazed at the correlation between the two events, um, what we've been through over the last three years, and and you know the and modification stuff. like where the modification. Yeah, it's a very very close parallel in my opinion. And just just quickly going back to that um, um, uh, aircraft track that I shared with you boys too, I've noticed too like when I see very strange patterning with aircraft always the tail number is always like not available in the in the flight radar info as well so i've it, noticed it that too seemed, a lot of times it, it, yeah or it's the same culprit aircraft well uh let me fix that for you andy um i want you to yeah. do this there's a website called adsb exchange have you heard of it no no all right i'm going to give you your new friend 
right now. I will even drop it in chat, yep, cool. and you can drop this. So what you need is unfiltered data. How about a flight tracker that even shows all the military aircraft, despite them saying, we don't want anybody to know that we're military aircraft. Oh, nice. Okay. Awesome. Cool. okay. This is an Andy's, Andy's a pilot himself, um, mate, so he, he'll love this. Oh, you're, you're gonna get you're gonna get a an aerial boner, wow. a ten thousand, a thirty foot thousand foot boner whenever you you see this website. <laughs> any, any boner these days is a bonus. It kind of oh, looks yeah, like flight you. radar, actually. It's kind of similar in a similar sense. But what's Pretty comprehensive? What's, wow. Yeah, look at that. This is this is the best there is, the best I ever had. Um, ADSB <laughs> is uh, first and foremost. ADSB Exchange does not participate in the filtering performed by most other flight tracking websites, which do not share data on military or certain private aircraft, because ADSB Exchange does not use any FAA, FAA, which is a uh, Federal Aviation Administration yep. data. There are no FAA bar, lad, military, or other filters preventing you from seeing the data collected. It is literally open source. Oh, wow. Cool. So try that the next time you're looking for the exact same flight, and you're going to be able to see unfiltered data. Um, This is an amazing website, uh, and and it's an open source exchange of, you know, flight tracking data. Um, It's phenomenally accurate. I've been able to test it myself in my backyard with planes flying over even when the f-16s from shaw air force base are in the air or there's a kc-135 or i see a strata lifter i'm like it's on there it's fucking right there it is and there it is i mean that's as good as it gets but you made an excellent point about the covid and climate change and um i actually did a video on this and it it absolutely blows my fucking mind that it's still on youtube but yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this one to you in chat, yeah, and it's in. called it's called COVID nineteen and climate change models tools of control. Oh, this, this sounds great. And I can't believe this video is still on YouTube because I mean I put this out. <laughs> look at you. Like, there you are. <laughs> I mean, smug as fuck on that. Yeah, no, look at that picture. <laughs> <laughs> so. This was uh, streamed, it says one year ago. This was December 13, 2020. All right, cool. Um, check that out. Of course, sure. I made all my predictions in March of 2020, all of which came true, and it was called Coronavirus, Mass Hysteria, and Fear Porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, fear Porn and Mass Hysteria. And I predicted pretty much everything that was going to happen for the next two years. I like to give myself credit where credit is due. Um, but um, the point of this, this video is that you're kind of hitting the nail on the head. And what they do is they, I don't, I, they did it again. Um, what technocrat globalist piece of shits that hang, um, that they. basically, yeah, when it, I don't, I don't, I don't do that, you know, <laughs> names, addresses, that's what I'm known for. Um, the, these technocrat globalist people hiding behind <laughs> diplomas, PhDs, like to use the appeal to authority to make arguments to politicians to make them act. So in the case of COVID-19 and climate change, they basically do something like this. Well, we were computing today, and as you can clearly see right here by this chart, it goes like this. No, you're not looking. It goes like this, actually. Let me, 
Now I've got it right. See this model? People will die. You must do what we tell because we are very smart individual. Do you understand? If you don't, if you don't act, I will go on CNN and and BBC and I will tell the world that you fucking killed people because you did not listen to your betters. And that is the way the world works. Yep. They they hold up these computer models. Good old Neil Ferguson. They use the yeah. appeal. Yeah, they use the appeal to authority, and they say because we are smarter than you, and we have access to better information than you, and because we work at the Council on Foreign Relations, or we work at Friends of the Earth or the Sierra Club, yeah. we're experts on this topic. Oh, I work for the IPCC at the UN, and you know, and yeah, the. Yeah. Uh, the insert freaking you know acronym yeah, yeah. and then put an asshole in front of a camera and he's going to point at some you know computer model or some study and say this is why politicians must act and these dumb motherfuckers every time and I don't think that at the end of the day that they're as dumb as they seem because they they have to know I mean of they, know. they do Part of an agenda. they're getting their wallet they're getting what they're getting their wallets padded mm. so to the public they go. Well, because the guy in the white lab coat has the computer model that said two million people are going to die of the Rona, we're going to lock everybody in their houses. Fuck, in China, they're going to literally weld the doors shut. Um, and this is for your own safety. So the, the, the COVID thing went so well that there's literally been a slew of papers that have come out post-corona on behavioral studies of the modification of you know entire groups of people's um, activities and how that could be now applied to climate change and you may have heard the term climate lockdowns uh, being thrown around but mm, excuse me uh two tacos and a vegeta um (laughs) came back I mean, it was a great way to get blood out of my brain for this. So I was like, just fill the hell up with food and yeah, take a flex a roll. Yeah. And, I'll, I'll, you know, all the blood will come out of my brain. It'll go in my gut. And I've got like maybe two hours in me where I'm <laughs> going to feel all right before I crash. Because um, by now, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm high AF off the, the flex roll. But the point is um, that climate change models and COVID models are, are just tools and these tools are used to control. And the manipulation is the same throughout history. People always, you know, they, they would like to fantasize about ray guns and, you know, microwaves and sound waves and all this to do mind control. But at the end of the day, the most easy, the easiest way to control people's minds is with words. Yeah. As Stalin would say, we would not let our, our our enemies have guns. Why should we let them have ideas? So there, there are the people out there that are in the perception management game. Mm-hmm. And perception management is about building narrative networks or using neuro-linguistic programming or what is simply put as slave speak, using language that maintains a master-slave relationship. Guess who the master is? It's the technocrats, Mm -hmm. it's the globalists, it's the think tanks, the NGOs that say, I'm smarter than you, I'm your master. 
Because I'm your master, I will be good to you, and I will break off nuggets of truth, which will save you from yourself. Only if you listen. But if you if you want to dissolve this master-slave relationship, do it at your own peril. So that I think that Andy, you brought up an excellent point about the 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 commonality of climate change and COVID. And it it really floats into the whole weather modification geoengineering idea that people don't realize that the solution for COVID was bad. The solutions for climate change are much fucking worse. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Well done. Good work. Um, thanks, Andy, for that one. I'll throw thanks that, so much, Jim. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw it to Ethan. Uh, anything for our guests before we uh, move on to the next bit? Uh, not particularly general. Um, I, just enjoying I'm the really conversation like myself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just enjoying the conversation. I'm really glad that, you know, Jim really has a sort of solution that he has come up with because you always hear a lot of people talk about these things and it's always doom and gloom. But holding people accountable, especially, as you said, General, what if it isn't some mysterious government entity doing it and they're calling us conspiracy theorists because we don't have proof and it's it's a collaboration of, let's say, the media and certain corporations Mm. and they're all working together, well, then accountability and further transparency would be within their their range wouldn't it mm-hmm. you know if they've got nothing to hide like they say to us then why would you have a problem with transparency with a program like that and going out and lobbying and, and just trying to raise awareness i think that's the best way that we can get to some sort of an evidence point but you know i think it is very important you know people have to put the the dots together themselves to to figure these things out because as we said, it's, it gets very complicated, and that's why it's so important for people like Jim and his websites to educate people about weather modification in general and the history of it so they become aware that it actually is there because mm-hmm. how are they going to put the dots together even if there is no smoking gun evidence or here's the Clara leak or freedom of information document for these scenarios, just presenting them the evidence so that they can put the dots together themselves if they so choose, that's what needs to be available. And and the fact that it's just continuously denied and continuously covered up, there's a lot of red flags, but I really like Jim's stance that we have to get more, become more of an activist network about it, actually get out there and lobby, lobby people that can make an influence, just like, let's say, fluoride groups do or whatever the case may be, whatever your issue is, there's plenty of activist groups lobbying councils if 5g and emf they're holding council meetings for towers being installed or whatnot we need to do the same thing for weather modification people that are concerned with that type of technology is push and lobby for greater transparency greater accountability and at the same time raise more awareness that it is a thing that does take place and has done for you know longer than most people have been alive right Mm. so it's um it's interesting to, to to really hear that perspective as well. Um, it really is a big issue, you know. I am interested, Jim, Dr. TJ Coles wrote for my website just about some, you, you discussed sort of the differences between what types of weather modification there are. And he spoke about, on my website, talking about weaponized skies and how the how chemically enhanced military 
jet trails are used and have been used by the military to disrupt signals and things like EMF. And essentially he's gone into talking about since the 1990s during the Cold War, the height of the Cold War and stuff, everyone has has sort of tried to dominate the electromagnetic spectrum and waves that pass through clouds are affected by the weather. And he essentially goes on to talk about how the military's EMF or EM operations can't be separated from just general weather modification and how, you know, when the military chooses to disrupt enemy communication systems this way, or, you know, we had the meeting of Spacecast in 2020 where they were talking about how can we create a weather pattern that obscures military movements. Can you talk about sort of that side of the weather element of things, weather warfare, sort of the military's involvement in potentially, you know, uh, doing things to make themselves less detectable or to improve their systems or to temporarily disrupt other systems, what that sort of area is all about and if it has any correlation, mate? Yeah, I can. Uh, one second. You prompted an idea. I want to grab it now. That was actually one of my sort of follow-up questions too, Ethan, was the military implications of this sort of stuff too. Ooh, I don't do this often. Sealed envelope. The winner is... No. (laughs) I don't do this sort of thing often. Jim Lee, (laughs) for his work on weather modification. (laughs) My ass. (laughs) Nobody cares. (laughs) We care. We love you. But this... This is an original photo from the Associated Press from 1958. Nobody knows who this is. This is Dr. Florence Van Stratton. Now, my friend from Canada, Dominic Marama, yeah, you found, this, the show, yeah. found this on eBay and sent this to me. And this is special. Because Dr. Florence Van Stratton in 1958, female meteorologist for the United States Navy, she figured out how to create and destroy clouds with carbon black, black dust. dust. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. She literally spent $5 on the entire experiment. <laughs> Five bucks. I've got it's in the weather modification history timeline 1958. Zoom in there, you'll see lady meteorologist creates, destroys clouds, ordinary black carbon black dust, uh, ordinary carbon black dust used, but CBDs. So, we're talking about here, we're not talking about that, your weeds. Um, carbon black dust is the go to weather modification um, cloud seed of choice for the military. And this goes through um, the 1970s, talking about hurricane modification, um, color, um, carbon uh, absorption of solar radiation, um, basically dumping carbon black dust into hurricanes, like I mentioned earlier, to steer hurricanes. Um, <laughs> Dr. Arnold J. Barnes, um, United States Air Force Phillips Laboratory, two FOIAs that follow up on the SpaceCast 2020. In the SpaceCast 2020 documents, there's a whole page that's redacted. I got this from the Black Vault for those who want to see the original document. So I have the entire FOIA. I mirrored it. I credited them. 
just so there's a backup in case the black vault ever disappears. So SpaceCast 2020 is on weathermodificationhistory.com. It is in the timeline. Happened in 1994. Um, in that document, there's literally an entire page that's erased except for a couple lines in there. And on that page, it says, the USSR has mastered the ability to create infrared-defeating clouds. Why is this important? Who gives a fuck about that? Well, spy satellites give a fuck about that. So the idea that you could create clouds that defeat infrared-penetrating satellites means that you no longer can see heat signatures of vehicles that are moving in military columns, that's a problem. Or if they're high enough altitude, you could potentially create entire banks of clouds that are infrared proof and then fly an entire assault squadron of um, you know, fighter planes, bombers, under cover of nanoparticle um, you know, laced clouds mm. that don't they don't re they reflect radio frequencies. You can deny um, this was in the Air Force 2025 owning the weather 2025 um, series of papers. And, you know, I've, I've always looked at it like this. If, if I if you're not willing to take on your haters, then you um, you probably got no business doing this shit. So what I would do um, is uh, immediately go to the trolls and I would say. But what about this? And they would always go, Owning the Weather 2025 was written at the Air Force College, and it was just a think piece. doesn't mean anything. Just because they think some things and they talk about possibly doing some things doesn't mean that they're going to happen. However, Owning the Weather in the Air Force 2025 documents happened in 1995 and 1996. In 1997, I have a Freedom of Information Act request that proves in 1994 – one from the Air Force, one from the Navy, both saying we're going to use carbon black dust to do weather modification and weather warfare. We want to create clouds. And we're going to tell you why later on. So 94, two FOIAs, carbon black dust. One from United States Air Force uh, Base, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. One oh, from yep. China Lake, California. China Lake, California, the U.S. Uh, Navy. And both say the same thing. I know about NMOD, but we're, you know, creating clouds doesn't kill people. So we're really not going to like be violating NMOD. Same thing they say with HARP. Well, we're making a plasma fireball in space with a microwave beam on the, on the ground. But the minute we flip it off, even if we made you know a fireball in space for an hour, the minute we turn the transmitter off, it goes away. So it's not long-lasting or severe, another stipulation of NMOD. So these are, these are the ways that the, the military rationalizes what they're doing. So 1994, two FOIAs say carbon black dust. 1995-96, Owning the Weather in 2025 is released. 1997, Dr. Arnold J. Barnes goes to a joint U.S. Air Force-U.S. Army um, group called the Weather, um, the Test Technology Symposium 1997, and Dr. Arnold J. Barnes from the Phillips Lab gives a PowerPoint presentation, which you can download in its original PowerPoint file I pulled from archive.org, 
or I converted it to a PDF so you can read it your damn self. But he said, current capabilities, 1997. Ionospheric modification, laser hole boring, boring holes in clouds with lasers so that they could send signals through to the space, you know, to space, to satellites. Instead of having broadcast signals, now most military transmissions operate on laser optical systems yeah, direct beam. because they can't yeah. they can't be intercepted. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. They need a lot of stuff so, for that. They don't, they and don't. and clouds fuck that up. Yeah. So that's one of the other capabilities. 1997. Then he says right after that, contrail slash Cirrus creation slash destruction. We can create or suppress. Contrail cirrus clouds. And then he goes on to say, why? And this is the most important part. Because everybody asks, why would the military do this? And they say, oh, it's for depopulations, for Mergellans. It's to turn the frogs gay. <laughs> no, it. according to Dr. Arnold Barnes from the United States Air Force Phillips Lab, they want to create cirrus clouds to block spy satellite optics and to increase the effectiveness of nighttime operations. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, if China is flying its spy satellite over Area 51, and they're about to roll their new UFO out on the tarmac and give it a test flight, they might want to create some clouds to block out any ability for them to see them flying. Mm. And if we're going to go invade Iraq... And the Iraqi Republican Guard, they don't have night vision. So let's do this in the dark. And let's go ahead and make what, sure it moonlight. isn't a full moon. Yeah. And then whatever moonlight is left, let's just blanket the whole damn sky with clouds. Now it's black as fuck. And mm. you they can't see their own hand right in front of their face. That sounds like a tactical advantage. Mm. Both are reasonable expectations that the military is telling the truth this sounds reasonable it's coming straight from the horse's mouth and um i mean that that's what they say now there it, it does get deeper than that there are a whole lot of other rabbit holes you can get into with um one of the other ideas everybody focuses on it just air force owning the weather in 2025 I'm a nerd. I read all the papers. There was like literally like 30 to 45 papers in the Air Force 2025 section, one of which was called Sanctuary Base. And in Sanctuary Base, the idea was that you could control all radio transmissions, block all enemy transmissions over a battlefield, but still allow a localized unit the ability to communicate with space-based satellite technology. And this is similar to the idea of creating a mobile ionospheric heater. So the ionospheric heater has a, the ability to boil a portion of the ionosphere to create an artificial ionospheric mirror that can reflect radio waves off of it. Okay? Mm -hmm. So it's creating a shield in space. But similarly, if it were broad, broad enough, you could create a dome that no other transmissions could come out of. So you've got your target on the horizon over there. 
they're no doubt, you know, trying to get real time data from, you know, their government on what where the troops were positioned and everything. The the ability to not only create clouds that may interrupt those signals that they're trying to intercept, but to electromagnetically create a chain link fence over their head. It's almost a ferret, an invisible Faraday cage. Yeah, right. Is a distinct possibility. Um, it's been talked about in numerous military documents that I've read over the years. Um, they're actually in Washington um, State and um, here in the America, um, in Merca. Um, they're doing what's called the Electronic Warfare um, Defense Operations Area. So they actually do on a regular basis with these um, growler planes. Um, some of them have like these extended long whips. They're like really long antennas that drag out behind the plane. They give off um, ELF, VLF um, frequencies. Um, some of them just discharge massive amounts of electricity. Uh, they have something called Mirage. Um, it's no doubt got a new acronym by now, but Mirage is like a mobile ionospheric heater. It's called the microwave um, ionospheric reconfiguration and ground-based emitter. Holy shit, I can't believe I just remembered that acronym. <laughs> um, but Mirage is basically like an ionospheric heater that you can pull behind. It's a harp you pull totally behind, behind a Humvee. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, behind a No, behind a Jeep. A Jeep, sorry. Like yeah. Ground-based, yeah. Yeah, so there, all of these technologies are here and now that, and yeah. publicly known. I can only imagine the 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 numerous technologies that are top secret yeah, that we don't that know about. working on and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing, mate, and that's why, yeah, I, I appreciate you just going through that then, because you know a lot of people like to do a black and white sort of just basic overview of of weather modification, weather warfare, anything to do with the weather. But as you said, there's so much going on up there that there could be so many variables and one of them that i don't feel is discussed enough is the elements that you've just spoken about how the military uses weather modification for things like electromagnetic frequency disruption signal disruption and have done for years right so it even could be foreign agents that are disrupting countries that are that are trying to do these things if you believe the conspiracy it's there's a whole range of, of elements that are going on in the skies, both within military. And that's what Dr. TJ Coles expresses in the article. He says it really is indistinguishable, some of these activities that the military do versus some of the, say, corporate cloud seeding programs that, say, a Hydro Tasmania would do. And that, that's where it becomes very hard to sort of distinguish who's doing what, what players are involved and, and where you can go from there. So I appreciate you bringing that up just to sort of just round that off. That was really the only thing um, I, I wanted to ask you. But, um, yeah, I just, as I said, I wanted to make people just aware of there, there really is a full spectrum involved with this that involves multiple levels of the skies and the atmospheres, multiple groups, multiple entities, multiple people trying to cash in, as you said. And, you know, it's really about discerning through that information properly about what's going on so i appreciate that mate awesome uh, all right can, can you guys see the screen share i have up right now uh i can, can you see yes. this image yeah yeah, yeah. with the modification technologies uh, yeah okay so um i, I it, as 
you may not know this, but I'm a graphics artist. Um, so I wanted to simplify this down for you know people like Ethan. You're free to use this what on your website. If you go to weathermodificationhistory.com, this infographic, that just beautiful graphic that kind of lays it all out in all of its it's layers. And I I wanted to visualize not only the 10 technologies that I think are most prevalent, but show you where they occur. Because it's, it's one thing to understand a technology. It's another thing to go, and it happens here. So top of the list, my ionospheric heaters. And right underneath it, two is sounding rockets, and number three is satellites. All three of these I put into the category of space weather modifications. Space weather is the same as terrestrial weather. We have a thing called space weather because it is what makes up the solar winds, what the how the ionosphere and the mesosphere and all of these, all the way up to the thermosphere. What the hell is going on up there? That's called space weather. And they modify space weather through electromagnetic means with sounding rockets, through chemical releases, I mean, with ionospheric heaters. Um, uh, um, There's even papers about creating noctilucent clouds using the compression of atmospheric methane and harp-like emitters, ionospheric heaters, um, where you compress methane into diamond dust to create noctilucent clouds in the mesosphere. So these are also known as polar um, okay. polar mesospheric clouds. Um, artificial air glow, um, that's also in the realm of ionospheric heaters. Sounding rockets, they release things like barium, lithium, um, trimethyl aluminum, strontium, uh, any more EMs I'm forgetting? Uh, let me look real quick. Hold on, I got I've got my little folder of infographics up. No, that's that's the chemtrails. That's the chemtrails. <laughs> so this is my chemtrail chart of yeah, all well, the metals that are. I leave metals. that one there for my members because some one of my members asked about what what they're including in these chemtrails. So I'll leave that one there for them, <laughs> just quickly. This this is straight from like I, from a total of um, seven different um, studies on. The exhaust, just the exhaust coming out of planes, and the same metals are what we find in the clouds. Seventy-five percent of cirrus clouds contain man-made metals. They are sodium, magnesium, potassium, calcium, scandium. We'll go come back to this because it's in the fucking chart anyway. Um, Where'd my other image go? Uh, There. Um, So ionospheric heaters, sounding rockets, satellites. Those are all you know, in the uh, space weather modification, lasers, cloud seeding, and cloud ionizers. They all work on the same premise, that they work as cloud condensation nuclei, that a laser can actually make it rain. Lasers can also be used to steer lightning. Lasers can also be used, they have been talked about, used to break up cirrus clouds into smaller ice fragments which is called ice multiplication, multiplication, um, cirrus cloud thinning. Um, but anyway, that's a topic for another day. Uh, cloud seeding, we've already talked about, just making simple cloud condensation nuclei yeah. by dumping chemicals. And cloud ionizers, as opposed to using a chemical method, like Australian rain technologies, this is actually a photo, the number six right here, 
of the ionizers from at um yeah Ethan, at, you, you shared know, that before haven't you? You've, i'm sure you've shared that picture on your website uh, of those ionizing heater things yeah i think that. i've done a similar one yeah but I, I think this one yeah i might have to change it to yeah. this well one. it was like what he what jim's saying that number six there specifically it's um You've, I'm sure I've seen yeah. it on your website on one of those links you've got. It's like those triangle things that some guy's standing next to writing or something. Or I'm sure you've checked. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the Atlant system. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, it, you know, that, that's cloud ionization. And, in fact, I'll just do you one better. Even um, Alex Jones mentioned this article. I wrote it in 2014. That's how old this shit is. Um, but they look like this, and this mm-hmm. specifically, if you go to right about here, that's ASD Clear Sky Manager, and I think it's the next one, Australian Rain Technologies. There it is right there. And I made a little label over it, the Atlant Cloud Ionizer. Yeah. So that's the actual photo of their system. I like to dig and dig until I find the damn technology. I don't mm. want to hear yeah. what you claim yeah. you can do, but introducing electrically charged droplets into naturally occurring cloud will affect the collision probabilities, hence the rate of droplet coalescence to produce raindrops. That's a damn complicated way of saying we put static electricity negatively or positively charged on, in this case, Negatively charged ions are generated from a corona discharge and a wire array. So they basically just shoot electricity, free negative ions into the sky, which then statically attract dirt or po- um, you know, pollen whatever, or yeah, whatever, whatever yeah. whatever's there to the water. And that's the idea behind um, cloud ionization. Wow. So that that's where I got that photo from. Um, I like to have all my references ready, as you can tell. So um, cloud ionizers, there's many different companies around the, the globe that are now switching to this mes- method and other ones that have been shut down because basically the sons of bitches that use the chemical process have owned this industry for so long that the new boys coming along with this technology, which is in fact cleaner and it does clean the air just like an air filter would in your house because it's not adding new pollutants to the sky Mm. it is simply taking the pollution that's already there and making water stick to it so if i had to have weather modification i think that i'd prefer this because um i I spoke to the president of earthwise technologies in uh in uh, texas and they did uh, an experiment in Texas, which got a lot of publicity and then a whole bunch of lawsuits, and they got shut down. But when they did it in Mexico, the local municipalities said they saw an 80% reduction in um, respiratory illnesses following the turning on of their cloud ionizers because they're basically cleaning the sky. And if that's true, which it seems theoretically and it makes sense it resonates with me mm-hmm. that that is a distinct possibility it would actually be cleaning the sky as opposed to m- causing more chaos so anyway well, well let me put this to you though jim and this is actually sort of one of the questions that one of my members asked i think it was uh, benjamin he said well um you know if they're using these things to create clouds and stuff in the skies right and you know, water vapor and you know, the molecules are sticking to these pollutants that are perhaps in the skies or the things that they're spraying. That's obviously then going to come down as rain, right? And going to be in the rainwater, correct? So 
would that that then not start perhaps polluting uh, riverways or dams or I don't know? Like, is that going to cause more damage when it's on the ground? Well, if you actually look at the studies, um, they claim that it's such a minuscule amount, right? Okay. And I, I just I find it hard to believe. Um, the poison is in know, the dosage. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, well, you know. If you if you ate enough salt, you could kill yourself. Well, guess what? Silver iodide is silver salt. Mm. So they are salting the skies. Um, but in their studies, they always say, well, if we release it here, typically we're seeing, you know, and then they've got these scatter charts. And they show um, 20 miles from the location, they're at, you know, three parts per billion that we find in rainwater samples. And it just gets smaller from there. Minutia, minutia. Um, But I mean, we don't have citizens actively testing any of this sort of stuff. We definitely don't have long-term studies on how it affects aquatic life or anything like that. We don't have any studies at all on, you know, what the biomagnification or bioamplification would occur as a result of this sort of thing, let alone with like the marine cr- cloud brightening mm. um, stuff where now they're spraying salt into the sky over the whole ocean. Oh, well, how's that going to affect it when those same salted clouds now go over land and start raining on crops? These are the kinds of studies that either they don't occur because it's convenient or they just did occur and then they go well i don't think the public would really like yeah, this so let's, yeah. let's keep that behind the paywall mm. you know just share it among the lab coat nerds and keep that to ourselves yeah um but again that's it's speculation i don't know the answer to that question and i'll be the first to tell you that all right can i just do one more question before we start to wrap it up um one of my other members, Ciro, uh, goes, what is chemical ice nucleation, and is it used to give the impression that temperatures are cooling rather than heating? Chemical ice nucleation is a fancy way for fucking YouTubers to say exactly what I've been saying this entire time. An ice nucleating particle is the same as a cloud condensation nuclei. Right. Okay. The only difference is, is that ice forms. So... A ice nucleating particle is a cirrus cloud, is the plane farts farting out carbon black dust soot, which is loaded with all the metals I just showed you on the periodic table. Mm-hmm. That is an ice nucleating particle. Why? Because cirrus clouds are ice clouds. So everybody wants to like, they throw this term around a lot in a lot of videos. And then inevitably you see some jackass holding up a snowball and trying to light it with a Bic lighter and going, I don't know, it's fucking plastic ice or something yeah, like I've that. Yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah. Um, not understanding that they're actually coating the ice ball and soot. They don't understand chemistry at all. And I mean, I'm no chemistry major. I am not a scientist. I have a high school diploma. I'm just nerdy AF and I read a lot. So don't take my word for it. I'm not a fucking scientist. Um, but clearly I've done my homework and I, you know, I just, to me, I, I see a lot of people, it goes back to the slave speak idea. If you come up with some jargon and you're the only person that uses it, the only way to find out more about this bullshit term is to go to the person that made it up. 
It's uh, like Reb Michelle Hopkins used to call them Tesla tech arrays. And all of a sudden, if you wanted to know about ionospheric heaters, which according to her on the bottom of the fucking ocean, um, she called them Tesla tech arrays. Now, is this similar to the Vardenfeld Tower? And, you know, is HARP a modern day version of the Vardenfeld Tower? You know, a Wardencliffe, excuse me. Um, sure. Is the Atlant system the same as Tesla's tower? Yeah. Cloud ionizers are Tesla's tower. Um, Harp and ionospheric heaters, they are Tesla's tower. But to call it a Tesla tech array or to call it, you know, chemical ice nucleation, it's like, it's almost like you're trying your damnedest not to use the search terms that somebody could go on Google Scholar and get all of the information in their damn self. So what I try to do is when I talk to people, I will tell them plain farts. But then I'll say, but if you want to read it from the horse's mouth, you might want to look for these terms. Contrail-induced cirrus, aviation-induced cloudiness. And I've got all the terms listed on uh, climateviewer.com slash cirrus clouds matter. So... I don't want you to, to to think in terms of, well, this is the only thing you can call it. Because, shit, I call them chemtrails when I'm talking to my homeboys. I call them contrails when I'm talking to the head of the FAA. And then I go plane farts when I'm on YouTube because it annoys both camps. It annoys <laughs> the, the debunkers and it annoys the chemtards. So when I call them plane farts, I, I like to annoy the shit out of everybody because it makes people think it kind of catches them off their guard. Yeah. So chemical ice nucleation is the same as cloud condensation nuclei okay. is the same as I'm just making ice with chemicals. Yeah. It's the same as going chemtrail is a chemical trail. Contrail is a condensation trail. And then you go, but wait, condensating on once to condense. What is it condensing on? It's condensing on a chemical. Yeah, that's right. Everything's a fucking chemical. So semantics always plays a role in all of this. And I, you know, that's why I always bring it back to semantics. I say, fuck your semantics. You will not control how I speak. I'm going to call them plain farts because it makes you dance. <laughs> so. What about the second part of that? Like, do you think they're, like, you asked if they're, intentionally doing it to make it seem like the planet's cooling with the creation of more ice crystals when it's not or you know what i mean like is that part of it do you think to, to you know to spin that jargon of the all oh, the climate change you know like look what we need to do i'm of two minds on this because on the one hand you got the scientists saying that the greenland ice sheet melts more when it's cloudy they create a a Blanket in the sky that traps heat at the surface, which is causing a warming effect. And then on the, 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 the flip side of that, I don't trust anybody. So why the hell would I trust them saying that? Because you know what they'll do is 20 years from now, they'll find out they were completely fucking wrong. Mm. And then you have guys like Chuck Long saying, but it isn't even the clouds at all. It's ice haze. They're creating nanoparticle-sized ice, which is whitening the skies, turning the sun white. It's causing a subvisual ice haze, which is whitening and brightening the skies. That's why you see blue overhead and white on the horizon. 
that white milky haze you see is not a cloud, but it's a buildup of ice haze caused by aerosols in the atmosphere, which are distributed by aircraft. Because guess what? No matter how many argument, freaking retarded debunking chemtrail debunkers out there there are, they always make the argument, well, cars put out all this pollution, but they don't do it at 40,000 fucking it. feet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're not making clouds that stick around for weeks on end. Yeah. yeah. Or making the entire sky white. 100%. All right, mate. Well, we're probably going to have to wrap it up there. We've done a mammoth show, man. We've done about two hours and just on 15 minutes really now. Um, mate, I, I'd love to get you back to do a, just like a member show only where we can talk about those other things you're interested in, like technocracy, the slave speak, propaganda and perception management kind of stuff. These are all things like what Andy brought up with that question and how they use it to to filter into the two of those sort of topics. And so that's, a, that's another huge topic uh, I'd love to go over and sort of pick your brain on. Um, but probably more for a member show anyway. But um, if you're interested, I'd love to get you back for that one, man. It's it's awesome having you on. I love talking to you. I love just listening to you, man. You, you, you've got so much information that you can rattle off. And all the information is backed up. You've given us with a, like a billion links, and I'm sure there's a billion more to go. But all these will be in the show notes for all the listeners as well. Um, gentlemen, any last thoughts or feelings towards uh, our guest, Jim Lee, for joining us today? Uh, Ethan, I'll throw you first. Oh, Andy, you got, you're off mute. There you go. Oh, oh, just oh, look, I think um, Jim's covered everything really, really well. Mm. Um, look, thank you so much, Jim, for your time. Um, <clears throat> everything is just a, a amazing info, and I really appreciate you and your time. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, too. All the, all the questions that all my members have been sort of putting forward in my Telegram, we've pretty much covered everything anyway, so I'm not going to go through the rest of those. There's only a couple that we didn't specifically touch on, which I asked. Uh, Ethan, uh, anything else for our guest before we let him uh, get rid of this headache for the rest of the night? No, uh, just thanks to Jim. I uh, appreciate him stopping by. It was really good to, to sort of round out and put a bow on our sort of weather modification history sort of two-part uh, sort of series with him. It's been fantastic. I hope the listeners out there have learnt a lot. I've certainly learnt a lot. Um, there, there will be heaps of links, but make sure you're writing down all of those agencies and all of those names because, you know, like we'd have to do 14 pages worth <laughs> in, in terms of all the things he's mentioned. So we're not going to catch them all, but a wealth of information. So yeah. I appreciate um, Jim for coming on. Yep. And I'd like, season to, finale. I'd like to say thanks as well, Jim. Um, yeah, for the last episode for our season, we've done a huge one over two hours now. Uh, and thanks so much for offering up. Like you said, you've actually put the thought into coming up with a, a solution of sorts, you know, um, because like what Ethan said earlier, a lot of people, it's all about the doom and gloom stuff, but you've, you yourself have given it such forethought and, and you've got this uh, solution in mind, which I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Uh, the Environmental Modification Accountability Act. Um, and you've got, Again, a link will be in the show notes for listeners. You can go and check that out. But um, on, a, on a local level, I guess, all it, for people who want to do something about this, you know, you've got to raise the topic. You've got to bring it up in conversation. Like what you said, you're invading Reddit, cult, you know, Reddit uh, discussion groups and dropping truth bombs in there and <laughs> steering the conversation towards weather mod and geoengineering stuff. It's fantastic. That's that's the sort of shit you've got to do just to get people to wake up to what's really going on. Because like you said... This doesn't care about your religion. This doesn't care about your political affiliation. This is a this is a huge problem that it covers and, and, and envelopes all of these things. They're meaningless compared to what's really going on. And uh, that's a point that we really sort of needed to drive home. And I'm glad you did, man. 
Thank you so much. Thank you to you for joining us. Thank you for powering through your, your migraine, man. I'm hoping it's starting to subside a little bit. Turn those lights off. Get the ice packs in the face, man, and, uh, and call it a day, brother. Thank you again. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, I have a special place in my heart for all Aussies. And we, we I was actually invading a Reddit, and, and literally the entire uh, chat was just shitting on Australia as the most – a godless place who would ever go there everything wants to kill you all the things <laughs> and i'm like but i've I, I have so many friends in australia and I, i've never met an australian that uh you know online um that has you know come off as just some complete jack off i'm sure you're you 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 guys probably know some but i mean just generally speaking I think that there's a kindred spirit between a Southerners. Oh yeah, I've <laughs> in, noticed in the, the same United thing, States, man. Sure. Yep. And yeah. and Australia, we kind of have this dirty South mentality, and there's a rugged individualism mm -hmm. about Aussies as well, and I love that. Um, so I've always gotten love from Australia, from the Kiwis too, um, but you know, okay. I, 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 I to be quite honest with you, like. Digging up information on cloud seeding companies in Australia, there's like your internet is tight as like tighter than Flipper's butthole, and I mean I was I was I even dug you know like for an hour before the show just to try to find one company that would say publicly they are operating today, and it's it's crickets, mm -hmm. so it's it's. One of those things that I'll probably devote a weekend to, and then I'll, you know, have to dig into some FTP server and finally find the sheet. And, um, you know, like I, I tend to just map these things out over time when I have the time to do it. But I'm currently in like this rebuilding my web, my two main websites. I re completely rebuilt weathermodificationhistory.com. I'm going through every single link and reference of my other two websites so it's just a monumental task and i haven't been able to really dig into anything new um but i'll put australia at the top of the list uh because of australia and uk are probably the two top um most requested uh what the fuck is going down here can we get a name of lists of addresses and yeah, right, all right. that sort of thing so awesome. I, it's on my yeah, to-do list for sure that's great i got yeah. australia I think on my mind it. I think you're right too, uh, Jim, and uh, I'm sure these two boys will agree with me that the further south you go in Australia in terms of the population and, and what they're like is like going further north in America. Like Queensland is very much like the south, you know what I mean? Like we're very much in line with the way you sort of think. Like we're like the almost like the activist hub in Australia. We sort of notice that, hey, Ethan, it's more people are kind of awake and against that agenda. But when you start to go more south into like Melbourne and stuff like there are like a bunch of leftards down there, man. You know, like not all of them, of course, but there are a few people that are awake down there, but it's very yeah, similar. They're like, the, yeah, they're like, yeah. A, it's like going to you know, New York and that kind of an up, up north or, you know, that's like, isn't that weird? Stuff. The closer you get to the poles, the equator and stuff, you, you're, you're, you're better, yeah. but the further away, yeah. <laughs> you get, you get to the, it's the cold, get closer the to the cold, equator man. and your brains. I'm telling you, it makes people fucking batty. I, I think, think it does too. We're onto something. We're onto something. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> do you guys go barefoot a lot? I do, yeah, for sure in Queensland, absolutely, yeah, definitely. Ethan, barefoot? Yeah, yep, yep. Andy, are you a barefoot guy? Tell the truth. No. 
I'm sitting here talking to you with my bare feet planted on the patio floor. There you go. And that is the answer because you can't do that shit where it's freezing cold. <laughs> mm -hmm. And with um, electro smog, blue light, and all of the Wi-Fi signals that are driving people batshit crazy, if you're not able to ground yourself then you're not able to allow that crazy energy, that external electro smog that is entering your nervous system and fucking with your hormones, it doesn't ever make it back to the ground. Mm. So we are um, the hobbits of the earth, and that's why we are a little more sane. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much it. once again. Um, I'll, I'll end the call there for the listeners. I hope everyone has enjoyed that show and enjoyed the season. We've had a huge one. Um, <laughs> so there, there we go. There's Andy with his there legs. Go, <laughs> That's yeah, just for the members. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'll love that. My feet collection. Damn, <laughs> son. I know. He's like a woolly yeah, mammoth yeah. too, eh? Hey? Fucking hell. Better hope, he, hope he doesn't have a fetish, Andy. <laughs> It'll be on the front page of Climate Viewer. It'll be AndyFeetViewer.com. Put some glasses yeah. back on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much once oh. again, brother.
what you don't know 